0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: What's up, geeks, and welcome back to the Geek Centric Podcast. My name is Justin, and no, you're not crazy. That was our theme song played backwards because today (laughs) we're talking about all things inverted. That's right. Today we bring you our Tenant Review, Christopher Nolan's latest film to finally hit theaters. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly podcast covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me as always, I have my geeky co-hosts, the interstellar, Nate Shelton, and the <laughs> Dunkirk kid, Kevin Hudson. What's up, boys? hey Oh <laughs> <laughs> Hola, ske- ge- skeeks. Uh, how you guys doing? Oh, oh, God. <laughs> doing good, doing good. Awesome. Well, you know what? Uh, We recently saw each other, so we don't need to necessarily do the usual catch up. As we were talking at the beginning of the show, we did get a chance to go out and see Tenet in theaters and IMAX. And we've actually broken our review up into two episodes. So this is going to be a very high level overview of our reaction to the movie. In the following episode, we'll be getting into more spoiler details, so be sure to check that out if you have seen the movie. But for now, let's start by talking about the movie theater experience. Kev, let's, let's, let's actually start with you, because I know you're a bit of a connoisseur when you go to the movie theaters. You, you, you like the experience. You enjoy that experience. And obviously, this being much different, uh, how, how was it?
0: Yeah, I think um, overall, it was really, really well done. Uh, I'll just touch on what you had mentioned there earlier, that it's been so long. Uh, like, I almost regret not going to a few more movies in January and early February, um, so it was great to be back. The first thing I noticed was how almost eerily quiet and empty the concourse was. I mean, there couldn't yeah. have been more than fifteen people walking around, you know.
2: Well, I mean, to Kevin's point, it was eerily creepy walking in, um, and and how quiet it was. I think it was interesting um, when you, when you see that one person that's not wearing the mask. You know what I mean? Like he stands out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. And there was just this one, one jabroni dude, macho misto man guy that was like no mask on, he had it hanging off the side. And I kept like, do it like, just, just put it on, just um, but I mean, I don't know, man. In the theater, um, you know, we were talking about the trailers before the trailers, there were obviously the advertisements, every ad was about COVID like every single (laughs) ad was about like you know like the keg like we're gonna make sure that your restaurant experience is no different than it was before and like all this stuff and I'm just like uh but yeah so I thought that was that was kind of strange um the trailers were were nice to see but I, I gotta say even some of the ones that I was looking forward to seeing in IMAX um like the trailer for uh the new Top Gun movie um was a little bit marred by the disappointing experience of people trying to sit on my lap as they had to walk across yes. through the
0: aisle. Yeah, they did it to right? us too. They did it to us too. And it's, it's like, you it, got to walk what? around these days, guys. Just walk yeah. around.
1: I, read the room. Yeah, I think that that was, I think that was my biggest annoyance. We should have done better to say, no, please go around. I'm not, you know, I, I know. Yeah, because the, they, they, we're, were they were right started. up in our space. Yeah, Exactly. Common I don't sense. know. I mean, I like, yeah,
2: I think it's just one of those things where, again, it's like, read the room. We were the only, I think it was us and maybe three other people that I counted that were actually following the mask rule and actually wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other people were just not wearing a mask at all, which was super disappointing. I mean, just from a standpoint of like... I don't know, like even if they don't care about themselves, right? Like Justin, you'd mentioned in a conversation we had, a, a, you know, that it's about respect. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's about respecting other people. Yeah. And it's not so much you don't have to worry about yourself. So um, I thought that was super disappointing. One thing I will say, though, about the experience of wearing a mask for this movie specifically, there were some meta moments uh, <laughs> in experiencing the whole mask thing that maybe we'll dive into. But uh, yeah,
0: just to touch on people not wearing a mask. um, You know, they gave you about four or five guidelines that you're supposed to follow while watching a movie in these times. And so not only were people not wearing their masks, but the other one that stood out was after the movie, they asked you to take your garbage with you. And the oh, five yeah. people in my row to my left all left their trash, and it's and you know they're the ones who were crossing over in front of us, and they left their yeah. garbage,
2: and it's just like I would expect this kind of behavior at a Fast and the Furious
1: movie, yes. but at a Christopher <laughs> Nolan film, come on, aren't these aren't these tickets vetted for, for these people? Like, should, should... No, just joking. Uh, no, but you guys are right. Like I think the reason why I wanted to kind of bring it up as part of the podcast is because you know there might be apprehensive people that might not want to go see this movie because of these COVID times and, and go see it in. Theaters. But I I will say, I felt completely safe and comfortable. You know, I think it was really handy that, you know, prior to the movie, they ran uh, a little promo about, you know, as Kevin was outlining, like how to kind of. Uh, be at the movie theaters, you know, the the fact that they give you free masks. I, I I enjoy that Cineplex went through that extra effort to kind of provide with a little bit of like marketing material to just kind of say, this is what we would like to see from that movie experience. But to Kevin's point, exactly, you're always going to have people that are just not going to follow those rules and leave their trash lying around. Well, I just think of short of
2: people being dumb, I think Cineplex is doing everything they can yes. again, like short of of sort of having like a security guard walk up to people every five seconds and be like, "Are you not eating popcorn? So put your mask back on." Like, you know, without that, obviously, I think Cineplex is actually doing a really, really good job at at getting yeah. us back into the theater, keeping things clean. It smelt clean, which was <laughs> oh uh, yeah, a first, it, it a first very
0: sterilized,
2: <laughs> right? Um, and yeah, i i i had a I had a good enough time to the point where I'm like, you know what. I might even go see new mutants.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Cineplex is actually doing it right. It's the people that you have to be more mindful of. And I think I think the one thing I regret is not actually being a little not forceful, but just like saying like, Would you mind going around? Like I know that might be a huge inconvenience to you, but just for the purpose of this whole social distancing, doing that. And I think that's that's a little bit of what needs to happen is people just need to, you know, say these things and, and actually voice it and not necessarily yeah, make it
0: in, any... in a very courteous way. Exactly. just, Just, you know, a respectful way. Be strategic. Try
2: to focus on finding times that the movie is playing that you don't think will be that popular. And then the other thing I will say is buy your tickets individually, even if you go as a group. I mean, you know, unless you're the kind of person that really needs to talk to the person next to you, which I know Justin loves it when I talk right next to him while he's watching a movie. He's shaking his head right now. Um, (laughs) You know, and and by by buying that seat, that single seat, they block out the seat next to you. Um, So it's the best way to really ensure you're getting the most room away from
1: people. And what you're saying is basically you can still go to the movies with people that are not necessarily in your bubble.
0: It's crazy to go to a movie that was sold out and there were still only about 25 people in the theater yeah. right like right. there yeah. i'm not sure how long that's going to last yeah. i don't know i'm not going to rush back to the theater anytime no, soon I, I don't think this was a very special occasion sure the only reason I went is because it's a movie everybody's been looking forward to mm-hmm. for years, and it's an IMAX experience. It was a great way to get back into it, but yeah. you know, every single movie that comes out, I'm not going to be rushing to see right. it in theaters. You know, as as good a job as they're doing, it's just you know it's not personal, something I yeah. need to do right now. And right. That's just me personally. For anybody sort of a little hesitant, uh, you know, it's obviously within your own level of comfort, but I would say you know they've done a great job
1: perfect yeah i i think that well said and i i agree you know it it might not be something that you you want to necessarily go back out and do but you know for us this was pretty special we're big nolan fans and yeah so it was an amazing experience but speaking of this film let's start talking about it i'm actually really interested to see like after sitting on it kev how you feel about the movie
0: overall thoughts i honestly can't think of another filmmaker working today who's just got such a signature on their work. If you're a Nolan fan, this movie is 110% Christopher Nolan, start to finish. Yeah. It is just the nolan Nolan to have ever been Nolan. Um, and <laughs> I think that's what we wanted. So while certain aspects still have me either scratching my head or going, oh, is that really the best way to do that? I think overall it was... A really phenomenal, uh, innovative, daring movie um, that was just that just had the Nolan stamp all over it. I really enjoyed myself.
1: Nate, your thoughts?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean it was it was great. It was confusing. Uh, just like you said, Kev, it's his most Nolan film. Uh, to the point where, like, I, I really have no idea what he could do next. I mean, we were kind of joking around about it. But, like, I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe the next movie has to involve time not moving at all. Like, that's the only option <laughs> here that he hasn't done yet. Um, so, you know, I will say, like, this movie is definitely worth watching on a big screen. Um, at least the biggest one that you can comfortably get to. Um, I haven't seen action in a movie like this since i would say and i know this is going to get a lot of comparisons but since something like inception right or even even like going further back into like the matrix like the you, you haven't seen fight choreography or or um mm-hmm. you know even like some of the like car ch- car chases and stuff like that and i'm trying not to get too spoiler, but like you haven't seen stuff like that before I, I i know i haven't um and so you know keep that in mind i will say also if you thought inception was complex and confusing and then you're like okay well i kind of get it and then you went and saw interstellar and you're like okay i really i'm really left confused um you're not ready to watch tenet (laughs) it's on a whole different planet of oh yeah
0: this 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 script makes the script of memento look like dude where's my car in terms of simplicity (laughs) like it is just outrageously bonkers
1: yeah i i totally agree with everything that you guys have said um like first, yes, this is a very traditional Nolan film in that, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a return to form and and in that sort of world that he likes to play with, with bending time, like literally bending time in his narrative. Um, but also keeping it obviously very, uh, very complex with with the notion of, of time and inversion and all of this concept, which obviously in the trailers, it kind of gives you a, a brief sort of idea that things are moving backwards but it's very very confusing and and i think that in some ways it kind of felt a little wonky at times uh, like hard to follow um you know it didn't it wasn't like inception where inception felt like they literally held your hand through a lot of the understanding of some of the ideas in that versus this which you know they're almost speaking to you right off the bat as if you're just kind of you know you're in this world. But I feel like the one thing that a lot of people are going to say is it's a Nolan film. Cause it's a head scratcher or, or it's, it's confusing. But I also think that like to actually get to the core of it, you have to watch it so many times. I feel like to like really understand yeah. uh, what he was, what he's trying to go for.
2: Yeah. I think, I think honestly after a second and third viewing, this will start to kind of climb higher on my ranks of Nolan films. It still, do- it still doesn't, you know, crack my top three. Um, but maybe after watching it a few more times, it'll, it'll invert its way back, (laughs) back into my,
0: I think, I think by the end of it, I had enough figured out that I sort of understood what happened. You know, I don't know the ins and outs and I don't know how everything happened, but Mm. I know what happened. Right. And, you know, to your point, just, I do think there was, I mean, basically every line of dialogue in it was expositional. Yeah. In that it was explaining what's happening. Oh, of course. But I think yeah. there's such a level of complexity with the science sort of being looked at and the jargon being used that that's kind of what made it most confusing.
1: Right. and that's, Is that
0: even though they're explaining what's happening, they're doing it in such a way that you don't understand what they're saying. And then they're all wearing masks, which makes it that much more difficult to (laughs) sort of
2: Yeah. Or speaking in a different language, right?
1: I will say one other thing is about this that I don't think is a spoiler is that there was just a couple actually quite a few production things that kind of irked me and we've talked about it was the audio elements. yeah, can
2: I can I quickly chime in on that? Yeah,
1: no, I, I I so yeah, so I think the audio mixing uh, yeah. was 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 a big issue and this has been an ongoing issue with Nolan's films since like The Dark Knight Rises where it's like the dialogue almost takes a back seat to the ambient to so the noises
0: and the music and stuff
1: yeah and it's like he's he's really kind of and like you miss things and because it's a Nolan film and you're, it's such a head scratcher and you're just trying to figure things out it's like you take every bit of information as something that needs to be valuable so did you miss something yeah. important you know Nate know right that. and, and that's, that's part of the stress of why watching this
2: movie is that like yeah there's there's scenes where you're like stressed out about you know how is the character going to be okay or what's going on but also you know with the amount of exposition needed to fully enjoy this movie it was super frustrating because like I felt like a lot of the impact like both from the plot and some of like the the character interaction moments were lost to the noise and for me like I, I felt like There were moments that were shown on screen and you hear you almost hear like a musical sort of um, elevation or trill, like as if it's supposed to be like a or whoa or wow or laughable. And 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 it just didn't hit me. And I feel like a lot of those moments didn't hit me because I didn't hear the part that set it up. Right. Like I want I wanted subtitles (laughs) like at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, just turn subtitles on.
1: (laughs) he is someone who likes to experiment with sound you know the elements of music and and sound effects and that those layers it's almost like you know like dunkirk was definitely an an exploration in that in terms of you know relying on the ambient sounds of the space and the music and everything to really create this tension rather than uh just intense dialogue or just the thrilling action i can't imagine that that's his what he wants for the for
2: audiences watching this movie he there's no way he wants that
1: a lot of people will will either say it's an an ongoing thing with Nolan movies yeah. because they've they it comes up so many times. like a lot of people said it about Dunkirk. a lot of people said it about interstellar. but I, I think it's just it's repetitive to him. like I think it's it might be something that he's overlooking maybe in in the process. I don't know. i I don't know
2: whoever whoever we have to blame. Uh, has to apologize to Hoyt Van Hoytema, who did a phenomenal job with the cinematography in this movie. It's a gorgeous movie. You want to watch it on the biggest screen possible, which is IMAX. But honestly, because of the audio experience that we had in that IMAX theater, and I don't know if it was just our IMAX theater, I'm gonna suggest that if you're gonna go see this movie, go see it in AVX.
1: I would recommend going to see it in IMAX, even though the audio was <laughs> was a little rough. I think it was activated. It was it it's again him taking this this uh you know medium of 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 IMAX film and just kind of putting it like even in a space, like as it just slowly pans in like maybe like you know, a concrete building, if you will, and it's an IMAX thing. It just feels so much more immersive. And then you have action scenes as well that aren't typically shot with this style of film that just it, it just it feels like you're you're in it um, so I, I enjoyed the cinematography quite a bit I think that was one of the outstanding things he always nails that if he doesn't get the audio um, really quickly just because this is something
2: that definitely is spoiler free and probably if we're going to be talking about audio this is the most accessible part of the film which is that amazing score that awesome soundtrack uh, Ludwig Lud- Ludwig <laughs> uh, Goranson did a Fantastic job. Um, I think one of the cool things is he he created a, a very heart-pumping, um, you know, soundtrack that elevated some of the moments, some of the very tense moments. Um, and it all came with the same level of charm and, and whimsy that this movie uses when it comes to time. Um, and one of the coolest things, like, you know, I was listening to some of it um, after we watched the movie and hearing, like, the strings going in reverse or the horns going in reverse. It was just so... It was so fresh and honestly it holds its own uh, it, it, it's, for, for Nolan film soundtracks. Right.
1: And it's it's obviously a different composer.
0: But it carried those themes. It's almost like the evolution of that Nolan soundtrack, right? It's it's the same yeah. familiar style, but just evolved in the next you It know.
1: sounded like his his rendition of, of a Hans Zimmer inspired score. Like I'm sure, sure he's a young kid, right? Like he's young, and he's you know killing it in this in this composing business, having such great opportunities opportunities. Um, And I'm sure, you know, getting asked to do a Nolan film and filling into the shoes for Zimmer, who was busy, I think, working on Dune. Uh, at the time, mm-hmm. which he couldn't dedicate time, he, you know, stepped in and I think, you know, probably did his sort of interpretation based on, as you mentioned, Kev, like inspired from other scores of, of Nolan. So
2: he still gave it his own with, with like the rolling drums and things like that. Like there were parts of the score that sounded very much like he was taking from what Zimmer did. Yeah. And then other parts that were very much like I was like, I was picking up some Mandalorian vibes at certain points with the drums and stuff like that. And, and just the way the beat was used to carry the songs forward. Mm. Um, um, oh, I, I really honestly like it's it's probably up there next to uh, Interstellar uh, as far as some of my favorite scores from from the Nolan. Version. Interesting.
1: Awesome. So, OK, yep. we that was a bit of a all over the map, spoiler free uh, <laughs> review. Obviously, we liked aspects of it, which we will get into more details. Um, but guys, what is your rating if you were to give this movie a rating so that, you know, our lovely listeners, if they think, you know what, maybe I'll go check this out.
0: Now, I'm not sure if it's just recency bias Uh, which is interesting because usually I don't like a movie right after I see it and it takes me some time or a repeat viewing to really appreciate it. But in this case, it's one of those movies where I just right off the bat liked it. And again, I don't know if it's because we haven't seen a movie in so long that it was just the experience that I'm fawning over, but, uh, I honestly might put this right now into my top three Nolan films. Um... And while there were a few issues I had, which we'll get into, I'm gonna give this a nine out of ten. <laughs> and you said my jokes were bad. That was great, <laughs> and you know it. <laughs>
2: so uh, I initially came out of the, I came out of the theater, um, feeling along the lines of uh, honestly a seven. Um, initially just because again, like I wasn't, I, I was just, there was so much time spent watching that movie where I was just like, okay, what's going on though? Like I'm, I, I didn't, I was uncomfortable for the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, I was uncomfortable from a standpoint of not understanding the narrative so much that I was just like, I found certain moments hard to enjoy sitting with it. And, and also honestly watching some explainer videos <laughs> helped, So much to, I think, raise the quality uh, of the film, honestly. And so I would probably go so far as to say uh, it's an eight out of ten. It.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to go about seven on this one, Uh, only because I think there's a lot of things I like about it. It does feel very Nolan. I just think that there's certain things that just felt a little sloppy. At times, um, the, the audio issues and the and the dialogue were, were were a big annoyance. And I, again, I'm watching watching it for, uh, again. Maybe uh, I would give it a yep. seven out of 10. Uh, tenant.
2: which isn't to say which isn't to say don't go see this movie in theaters. No, like, it, if you're listening to this, go see the movie. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I think you know? I think everyone should go see it in theaters because of the IMAX more so than the audio. Right, like um, sure. Just be prepared that there might be some moments where things just might not be clear and then you'll know what we're talking about. Um, Were they relevant? Were they meant to be relevant? We'll never know. (laughs) So, um, But yeah, I I think a 7 out of 10. I I, I think it was a a strong movie out of the gate. Might not be as strongest though. All right, so that is it for our spoiler-free review of Tenet. Uh, If you want to hear more and hear us gab on and get into more details about this movie, be sure to check out our next episode where we get fully in-depth with this inverted time theory. But that's it for us. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Five stars is the minimum rating you can give there. So please rate and review and let us know what you think. But as always, we are geek centric, and you can be too. Which means you can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com/GeekCentric. Follow us on Twitter at GeekCentricYT, and check us out on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. Kev, Nate, thanks for joining me for today's spoiler-free review. As we say, love ya. Stay home or go out safe. Peace.